It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome into another edition of The Beat. Thank you, Johnny Raritan, for bringing us into the show as he does every week. Uh, JoJo Doman, Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com. You heard our proud title sponsor of the show, Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate, uh, handling all your insurance and real estate needs um, serving Nebraska from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. That is Edgewater Insurance in real estate. Well, JoJo, you experienced your first Nebraska-Oklahoma game this weekend. Obviously, you guys came up short, 23-16 to in defeat. Um, but you guys did everything possible to give Nebraska a chance to win that game. Um, a lot of things out of your control, obviously. But you gave the ball back to Adrian Martinez with a minute left with a chance to tie or, or take the lead in Norman. Yeah, I don't know if there's such thing as moral victories, but I mean that's that's how we have to approach this. Um, we went against a heavyweight title fighter, and we stood in the ring with them for four quarters. So that that builds confidence of this program. That shows the potential of this program and what we really have in our locker room. And we have to be more consistent. We got to find ways to win. You know, nothing's new here. We just we have to continue to you know push to be better day in and day out. Just going in there and competing like the way you did, I mean, do you get the sense guys are like, you know what, we can see what we can be, but we're still not there yet? Yeah, I think there there was some of that in the locker room afterwards. Like, we were definitely proud of how we played and how we rallied together and how we fought. But I also know for a fact that all of us wish we would have came out on the other end of it. So, you know, one of these days – there's going to be a moment where it tips, and then once it tips, we, we just got to keep that ball rolling. So I'm looking forward to that moment, and I pray that I'm here for it, and I'm, and I'm, I'm betting that I will be here for it. It's, you know, it starts this week at Michigan State. Yeah, and that was your first Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry game, and you heard all about it from all the old guys like me, and I'm sure um, your dad and mom, and your dad is a football historian, grew up in Kansas, um, but you got to play in one of these Oklahoma-Nebraska games. Did, did it feel special to be on that field in Norman with that 50th anniversary sticker on the helmet? It really did. It really did. The, the atmosphere was unbelievable, and, you know, their, their fans were just as passionate as ours, which was, you know, fun to see out of an opposing team's uh, fan base. So it was an unbelievable place to play, and you could, you could, you could just feel that it meant something and that, we, I mean, both teams were fighting to the very end, so... It was, a, it was a pleasure and an honor to be a part of a, a tradition like that. You're going to Michigan State this week. I'm trying to remember. You have never been to Michigan State, right? That's right. And have you ever played Michigan State? Once? Yeah, we did. In the snow. In the snow. Okay, yeah. I got the picture right behind me. But this will be your first game at Michigan State um, in a long time as a program. But you're very familiar with Mel Tucker from the Colorado game in 2019. Um, he was the coach of the Buffaloes just for one year before he went off to Michigan State. Yeah, never been to East Lansing. I heard there's not a whole lot to do out there, but we're not there for that. We're there to win a football game. So like, I, like, I, like I've said before, I like playing on grass, so that'll be fun. And, 
you know, anytime you get to play a, a ranked opponent, you know, that's a privilege and we get to go prove ourselves um, again and again every week. And that's an honor. And we, we got to take pride in that. And I'm excited. To, uh, I'm excited to get one of these soon. And you're listening here to The Beat with JoJo Dolman and brought to you by Edgewater. And one of the cool things Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate does with us each week, JoJo, on the show is our Husker Heartbeat give back each week. Edgewater and JoJo Dolman uh, will give $1,000 to a different charity um, of Edgewater and JoJo's choice. And this week, uh, we wanted to bring in um, uh, a special charity, Youth for Christ, as um, there's somebody that we're excited to work with. And uh, to tell us more about Youth for Christ, we have the executive director, Jason Curry, joining us here on the program. Uh, Jason, thanks again, and, and we're honored to, to be able to, to take part and in, in, in support Youth for Christ. Uh, thank you. It's so good to be with you guys, and thanks for choosing Youth for Christ as this week's nonprofit sponsor. Well, tell us a little bit uh, more about um, what you guys have going on and, 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 and what you're working on right now. Well, you would gather in the name that we work with youth. So our target is middle school and high school kids in the greater Omaha area. And so we have about 35 schools that we work with. We provide programs and a lot of fun. Uh, but more importantly, uh, we know that kids, uh, it's tough to be a kid these days. And so we provide mentors that care, that not only know their name and celebrate their sports successes and their accomplishments, uh, but we also know that uh, there's, there's a more important thing of hope and where their identity is. And so we, we bring that through people that not only care for them and content that includes that there's a, there's a God that loves them. There's a God that created them uniquely and perfectly. And so the kids come for food, for fun, and their friends are there, and they also hear about faith. And so we have about 35 schools, about 1,000 kids participate, and then that's called our, that's our Campus Life program. Our, we also have a teen parent program called Parent Life, and that's exactly as you'd expect, like young moms and dads that have kids uh, that are still kids and having kids, and so helping, again, with mentorship and helping them to know how to live independently, finish their education. And then our third program is called Campus Life Military, and it's for the uh, the military kids who's ha who have a parent that serve and they have all the same challenges of every teenager except the constant disruptions of moving every couple of years or a friend moving or their parents being deployed. And so really it comes down to providing a positive place for kids where they are known, they're accepted, they're celebrated, and they also hear about really positive um, characteristics in life and values in life and supporting what a lot of parents in Nebraska also support. So coming at it from a different angle, another voice, but uh, supporting what a lot of our great state and parents um, already are upholding. Absolutely. Hey, Jason, uh, how will donations help kids, and then how can our listeners get involved? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah, our donations are uh, about 80% of our budget goes towards hiring people that are working directly with kids and mobilizing volunteers, and so it is directly towards those that are uh, encouraging kids, providing those, not only those programs, but those relationships, those mentoring relationships. And so that's a bulk of where the funding goes. And so we need always more volunteers. And so if anybody wants to get involved, uh, definitely we need, we need mentors. We need uh, positive role models, uh, donations. 
right now are going towards um, our programs and staff, but also we have a unique a unique event coming up called Over the Edge. And so that's October 2nd on Saturday. And that's where people are rappelling down a tall building and raising funds for our program. And it's kind of a unique. So that would be my question. Like you guys, like I, we find when people hear that they're going to be hanging off a building 230 feet, either they get excited about it or their palms start sweating and they're like, no way will I ever do that. So what about you two? Like you, do you get excited about rappelling 230 feet or do you like, I'm on the opposite. I'm never going to do it. How do you guys respond? I think I would do it. Yeah, that entices me. Nice. As long as I know well, I'm, I'm securely tied. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fun. I just asked my um, my brother and sister-in-law how they would respond, and they both said they would do it. I'm like, wow, it seems like 80% of people say no way. And so that's our upcoming fundraiser, Unique. Uh, it's, again, it's called Over the Edge. So if anybody was to just simply Google Omaha Over the Edge, they would find out more information about that. But we need people to sign up and repel to help us keep reaching kids. And like right now, um, as we're recording this, we have a pool party for teen moms. And where do teen moms, where can they go and feel like they fit in and aren't being judged for the stage of life that they're in? And, you know, so it's just this positive life-giving um not only programs but people that truly care for kids no matter what walk of life they're going through well jason uh, we're honored to be a part of uh, youth for christ and uh, we appreciate you taking some time to join us here on the beat podcast oh it's a pleasure thanks so much for again all that you guys are doing for uh great nonprofits in the area thanks for choosing us and it'll be exciting again being i grew up in the state of michigan so as a non-spartan fan i'm excited that you guys are playing the spartans this saturday i hope hope you guys uh, take it to them all right well thanks again uh, to jason curry from youth for christ visit their website at goyfc.net a 75 dollar donation will fund a student going to camp for a day 125 dollar donation sponsors a weekly high school club night that hosts 50 students once again, Youth for Christ, uh, the, the the charity we're working with this week on the Husker Heartbeat Giveback, along with Edgewater um, Real Estate and Insurance and JoJo Doman. Much more to come. We're going to have Cameron Jurgens in studio next. You're listening here to The Beat. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, brought to you by our proud title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. But this segment of The Beat um, is brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill on 30th and Yankee Hill. JoJo and I were obviously in Oklahoma, but I'm sure um, a lot of you were in Tanner's watching the Oklahoma-Nebraska game, and it's going to be a great spot again to go this weekend. Uh, Nebraska plays a night game at Michigan State. They'll have all the football action on um, in at Tanner's. Um, Joe, you didn't make it into Tanner's for your post-game meal this week, did you? 
You know, we couldn't make the trip, get it, get in before closing. No, we couldn't make it. But get in the Tanners, watch Nebraska, Michigan State. Uh, Cassie, Brett, the crew there will take great care of you uh, on 30th and Yankee Hill. But let's get into the guest segment here, JoJo. We got a special guest in the studio right now. Uh, fourth, I like to say this, fourth-year sophomore, Cameron Jurgens of, of Beatrice. Uh, Nebraska's starting center, one of the leaders of the team joining us here on the beat. Yeah, man, pleasure to have you, bro. Appreciate having you get or having me on. Yeah, beef jerky. Yes, sir. In the flesh. Where where did you get that name? <clears throat> Mostly from the strength staff. They just they would throw <laughs> like so many names at me, and then like a couple of them just stuck. Like little, like they just call me beef or beef stroganoff or like jerk or jerky. So I just like kind of threw it together. So what about like the bullhead? Like where did you get? Where did that come from? Uh, when they did the branding series, they like asked me like, what do you want to use for like a a logo or a name i'm like you know i don't know maybe beef jerky for like a logo and then like throw some like i sent her some pictures of some like mean looking bulls and some cattle <laughs> i'm like maybe something like this and she came up with like a bunch of options i'm like yeah this is fire yeah that's what's up it fits you yeah so if i want to get one of those shirts where do i find one beefjerky.com okay okay you don't you don't you, do, you throw them out to you like your boys on the team at all can i cop one yeah, yeah, I'll get, I can get you one. <laughs> All right, I still haven't seen one. It seems like everybody's got one. I ain't got mine yet. And then again, I got gear too. You got to get one of your shirts too, man. That's what I'm saying. Hey, it, we can do a swap. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. A t-shirt uh, swap. T-shirt swap. Yeah. Yeah, game. I'm game. All right, well, you're a Beatrice boy, right? Yeah, went to Beatrice. I uh, actually grew up uh, on a farm outside of Pickerel, so from Pickerel, went to Beatrice. So kind of two towns. Yeah, but Pickles. Pickles like a town of two hundred, so talk, very, very talk, small. Talk to me about like what it was like for you, like living on the farm, being ra- being raised a farm boy. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was awesome being out in the country. I mean, growing up as a farm kid in Nebraska, you always have so many like chores and responsibilities to do. And um, but like my dad and older brother did a lot of chores. So growing up, like I was, I was more of a sports kid, so I, I mean, I had to practice all the time doing things with sports and everything like that. So like, I helped on the farm, but I didn't have to do everything. So. Right. Oh, that's nice. How many siblings do you have? I got an older brother and sister. Okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, you're the you're the baby child. I'm the youngin'. Yeah, I I have a little brother too, and, and he he was spoiled growing up. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Um, talking about you're always doing sports. How many sports did you play? I know you were a multi-sport athlete. Uh, in high school, I did football, basketball, and track. Football, basketball, and track. Were you the yeah. five? Yeah. Five in basketball? Five, yeah. Yeah. Right? I played center. I shot, shot three a little bit and not a lot. Could you dunk? <laughs> yeah, dude, I could dunk. Come on. Did you play for Jim Weeks for one year? Uh, no. Or he was gone before you got to? Yeah, he was gone like two years before I got there, but uh, Coach Weeks knew every single person who played basketball, even if they're in like kindergarten they had this i mean the, he's at auburn now but he was like the most intense high school coach and i mean you his operation really only works in like good communities like smaller communities like mm-hmm. beatrice he's in auburn nebraska now but i didn't know if you played for that guy or not no great but, he's a great coach yeah going to all the camps and like he he knew everybody if you're a little like first grader or something going to a basketball camp he knows everybody's name in the town now you said you did track yeah. Now, were you, like, running, like, 100 meters, or, like, what were you doing? No, I quit my running, dude, in high school. <laughs> I just did uh, shot put and discus. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to do any running anymore. Dude, uh, a little birdie told me your mom was your uh, shot put coach. Uh, she was my discus coach the last few years of high school, so 
that was kind of a cool experience for me to have. Yeah. What, what, what in the world made her credible for that? Uh, so I definitely get my athletic ability from my mom, I would say. Knock on my dad right there. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. But yeah, my mom went to uh, <laughs> Kearney State back in the day, and she was a 12-time All-American there for indoor and outdoor track. 12-time All-American? Yeah. Now, she says she knows Coach Frost's mom, too, pretty well, because Coach Frost's mom is an Olympic shot put thrower. Obviously, a lot older than your mom, but they, mm-hmm. they've thrown together over the years and done different senior tour. They have, like, a senior shot put tour event, uh, is my understanding, right? Yeah, uh, I don't think my mom's done any of that, but like in Nebraska, like the track community, like the, everybody kind of knows each other. I feel like so they've they've kind of grown to see each other on track meets here and there. So now Sean and I were talking earlier, and he was saying something about how you were like the youngest recruited dude coming out of high school or something. He got the fr- he was the youngest player to get a Nebraska offer after his freshman year of high school. Um, he went to Nebraska's camp with Mike Riley. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, it was this was the very first year Friday Night Lights they did maybe, the, like one of the first years of it. Yeah, it had to have been. And so, you went to the first one, and I can remember all the coaches were like, "Man, we wish all the in-state kids were this good looking already." <laughs> and then I think by the next week they had offered you, and I mean you committed. I guess you committed pretty quickly after that. Yeah, right? probably like a month after. But like, I mean, right when they told me I was going to get an offer, I had no doubt in my mind I was coming here. Yeah, it was a done deal. Yeah. What yeah. I remember about that when you got the offer, you were waiting outside because you were not old enough to drive, and you know, usually a kid gets in his car and drives home from the camp, and you were waiting to get picked up. I mean, that's how young you were when you got that Nebraska offer. I mean, you were waiting to get a, <laughs> a, a picked up from your mom outside the camp because I mean, yeah, you're 15 I mean, years I, old. I went there with my mom for sure, and she just drove me back. But, I mean, I was a farm kid. I was still driving. At, I started driving at 14. All right, you get your tra- uh, tractor's license at 14 here? Uh, It's like school permit. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Well, uh, okay. So, I, I mean, I remember seeing you on Twitter um, my, like, sophomore year. And was just like, you know, I'm buying the hype. Like, oh, my God, who is this guy? <laughs> this dude's a beast. Well, I told you before, the first time I met you was at that Wyoming football camp. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That was going into, I think it was going into my freshman year. Yeah. So I remember seeing you and like, it was like Jojo Doman and he was a big recruit and like all, all the coaches were like loving up on you and it was, it was funny. I think I went against you on one pass route. Dude, we probably did. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. I'm, at that point in my life, if I had like a Wyoming offer, like I would have like, I lost it. Like at that point, like I wouldn't played at any Division One college. I know you're probably mm-hmm. you can relate to that. And then Nebraska comes knocking. It's like, oh, go play big time football in a Big Ten school for a for a school with uh, as much pride and tradition as this place. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. growing up in Nebraska, like there's there's no other team you root for. So it was just kind of like a dream come true, pretty much. I mean, I I don't think I ever missed a game for Nebraska. So. Uh, having the chance to play here, there's just a no-brainer, you know. And yeah. you've seen the fans here, good and bad, but they're they're always uh, supporting us. Right. Talk to me about the position change and how that went down. Uh, how did did they even approach you, or did they tell you? Talk to me about that whole process. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, I got recruited here at tight end, so I came here, went through that whole summer, and into that first season as as a tight end. I traveled. Got to play in one game at tight end, but I think after like the after like the first game or something, 
like during one of the practices i had a good practice uh had a lot of good blocks you know i was kind of, <laughs> kind of a blocking tight end at the That's start true. no doubt but coach frost like came up to me after and sat me down he like started asking me some questions and he's like hey was it was it mean for you to play for nebraska like what does that mean and then like i'm just kind of thinking in my head like why is he coming at me some of these questions yeah <laughs> like am i am i gonna get moved to like d line or outside backer right now like all right let's let's do it and then like he kind of brought up he's like hey i want you to play a uh, o-line i want you to be at center next year and start working in there um first off that hit my mind i'm just like uh i don't know if i can gain that much weight i was probably like two 250 so like i was a pretty heavy tight end i guess <clears throat> but then He's like, just think about it. So then, like, the next, like, couple weeks, kind of thought about it. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to move the line. Right. I dropped to 235 in, like, two weeks. Just, like, didn't eat much. I'm like, <laughs> slimmed down. Got I don't leaned, know if I could do it, Coach. Yeah, got leaned <laughs> up. And then, like, after, like, week four, Coach Beck's like, hey, Cam, you're in the O-line room this morning for meetings. So I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. So then moved over there. And then I started practicing as a, like, O-lineman. And then I would travel as tight end. And then towards the end of the season, I ended up breaking my foot. So, like, that's right. had a lot of time to gain weight during that. So, yeah. I think after that, I would just, like, go in the weight room, get a high-cal shake, lift, drink some uh, protein, and then, like, 40 pounds, two months. The done. weight just started yeah. coming on. It was easy. Yeah, after you buy in, man, I, I believe it. Mm -hmm. well, let's pick up, uh, continue this conversation with Cameron Juergens. Uh, when we come back, you're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, and Nebraska Center Cameron Jurgens, Beatrice Native, joining us here. As you heard, our title sponsor of The Beat, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, uh, located um, in Nebraska from Binkelman to Omaha and everywhere in between, um, locally owned. Uh, thank you to our title sponsor, Edgewater. But this segment of The Beat brought to you by Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Pioneer is, a, is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on earth. From your friends at Pioneer, thank you farmers. And I thought that was a fitting segment sponsor here as we got Cameron Jurgens here who, who grew up on a farm and, and as you heard in nearby Pickerel. But uh, you guys wanna talk injuries, Adrian, other things, uh, have at it, Jojo. Yeah, uh, so we were just talking how you've, I mean, you, you had a devastating injury. Kind of detail that out real quick for our listeners. Yeah, well, I mean, you know as well as anybody, like, you go down with an injury that's, like, six months to longer. It's just, like, the the biggest part of it is just getting over that mental hurdle, you know, and yeah. just knowing, like, this is take it day by day. And, uh, I mean, I had a tough injury in high school and then, like, kind of been injury-plagued. <clears throat> so it's good to finally be healthy, but – I think it's kind of you got to take it with the chip on your shoulder. I mean, you go down with a bad injury. Uh, you can't worry about the future. You got to worry about like right now and just getting through rehab every day because 
when you're looking in the future, everything in the now just seems so crappy, you know? Yeah. When you're going through that, you can't be down. You just got to keep uh, keep your motivation up, and it's kind of hard to do that sometimes. No doubt. But finding that edge and just uh, grinning your way through everything is just kind of it's a it's a valued thing that guys like us, when you get injured and you go down, like you got to work your way through it. So uh, it kind of gives you a little chip on your shoulder when you're healthy. I mean, you never know when something's going to happen. You never know. And it's interesting how when we're healthy, we take our health for granted. Mm-hmm. And when we're injured, we tell ourselves, well, like, I'll never take my health for granted again. Exactly. You know? Like, I remember being on crutches. I think I was on crutches for, like, four months. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, all I would want to do is just, like, be able to carry, like, my my food, you know? Carry, like, a plate. Like, oh, I'll never take this for granted if I can just walk, you know? And then when you get there, it's like, ah, you totally forget about it. It's like, oh, I just want to run. You know? Everything's, you know, you just take things for granted. Yep. Let's transition to uh, transition to our quarterback, right? How is that? How's that like um, playing for Adrian and having the responsibility of protecting, you know, the quarterback for Nebraska? You know, what's that like? And, and, and what's your guys' relationship like? I mean, it was awesome coming in. Um, Adrian was like some one of the first like friends I had here, and he's just we've kind of been bros ever since. So like going back to like being a tight end, him throwing it to me, and then now all of a sudden, like, I'm his center and I'm protecting him. Yep. <laughs> so, like, it's just so cool because our friendship has just grown, like, on and off the field uh, from being on the field protecting him to being off the field, like, golfing, scramble partner. Right. Things like that. So, like, <laughs> uh, we've grown so close. And then when we're on the on the field now, it's like we were able to talk through, like, all these protections and what we're seeing from the defense and, like, I can get on his ass and get on mine. Like we just push each other to become better, and yeah. uh, that's awesome. Uh, that dude's an absolute warrior, and I love blocking for him. Yeah, I feel that. Those are the best type of relationships. Those uh, relationships that keep pushing each other, get the best out of each other. Now, who's a better scramble partner, Adrian or Will Farniak? Oh, uh, <laughs> they both have their moments, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. They, who knows? I mean. Probably I don't know. Will Will was pretty good scramble partner. We had some good chemistry. I'm not gonna lie. I'll tell you a story. We, uh, me and John Raritan, were at a Highlands Golf Course, and at like hole three, we run into Cam and Will Farniak coming down on five, and Farniak's just like, "Yo, y'all want to play? Like, let's scramble. Like, we'll jump in with you guys. Like, we'll replay the last three holes or whatever." And John and I are like, "Sure." We play some holes. We get to hole seven. I remember it like it was yesterday. And Will Farniak asks me, like he's drenched <laughs> in sweat, all nasty, all Will Farniak like. And he asked me for a sip of water. And I have a ju- I have like a like a like a half a gallon jug of water. And he asked me for a sip of it. And I kid you not, I handed it to him. I looked away and about you know, 10, 20 seconds later I looked back and he's still chugging it the water just dripping down <laughs> it was like dude if you need like if you know you're gonna need that much water like bring your own water <laughs> you yeah, know and then, and then like the, <laughs> the next hole is like joe can i have another drink yeah <laughs> it's yep. just gone yeah oh that dude's a character all right let's transition to this past saturday um in the oklahoma game i mean first and foremost let's talk about let's talk about those penalties and, and, and how you feel about them. I mean, I know how I feel about them. And I mean, I was on the sideline. I was, I ran up the sideline as you were drive blocking the guy the second time. 
and I saw the ref as you're drive blocking him, like put his hand on his flag, just waiting for the second the whistle was blown to throw that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it? I mean, as O lineman, we're taught to, you know, you got to play with an edge. You got to have a little swagger about you and you just got to be gritty and tough, you know, and I'm just doing my assignment. So like talking about that play, I'm going out, it's a little screen and I'm, I lock up with my guy. I got inside hands. I'm just driving him. And I have no idea if the quarterback completed the ball or anything, and it doesn't change my block at all because I'm just going to block my guy either way. Right. So I have no idea if this guy's right behind me, if he's going to go for a touchdown, if, if this block's going to spring it, or if he didn't catch the ball. Like, I don't know. It could be dead or it could be not. Yep. But I don't hear a whistle. and I'm just blocking this dude all the way down the sideline, like 30 yards, and then his hand is, like, up in my face mask. So, like, I can't even see – and then I don't hear any, I don't hear any noise. Like I didn't even push off because I heard the whistle. I pushed off because his hands in my throat. I'm just like, all right, I'm tossing this dude in the ground. Right. And I toss him and I turn around, plays dead. And I see a whistle blow and I see a flag thrown. I'm like, you, you gotta be shitting me right now. Yeah. And then early <laughs> in the game, like I literally toss a guy to the ground and I just go finish him. Play's still going. And it's like, so there's it's just like a double standard, you know, like you got to play with an edge and a grid about you, but you, you can't be, uh, you can't be too aggressive, you know? Yeah. I saw both of your plays with my own eyes and that first play, I still didn't think was a penalty. No, I really didn't. This is the thing I think, like if an old lineman like grabs you and holds you and throws you to the ground and then like spears you in the back or something, you know, like that's different. But like if he sees you coming on to him, right. And like he can see it coming, like it's it's a different story than somebody throwing you to the ground and then jumping on your back and pushing you into the ground. I mean, that's just it's different, dude. And, I, yeah, dude. I I've been seeing some videos um, on Twitter, um, and I saw it on the field too. But these Oklahoma dudes, even on film, were nasty. Like would do dirty things after the whistle. Would hit throw dudes. Would would jump on dudes. Would like maul guys when they're in the ground. Would maul them into the dirt. And for some reason, they're calling these tic-tac penalties on our, on our guys, but then these guys are doing it and it's not being called. Like, you know how frustrating that is as a player? Like, mm -hmm. it's killing all our momentum. It's taking yardage away and killing our momentum. You know, it's frustrating. What happened, guys, at the beginning of that game, like in the, in the warm-ups? Oklahoma's players crossed the 50, and they were like on the 40, and I saw Coach Frost and even Trev Alberts kind of lighten up the officiating crew because you're not supposed to cross the 50. Did, did you guys um, – like, did, how did that all get going on Saturday? I mean, we were just going through O-line, D-line stuff, and all of a sudden, like, we're trying to break it down. And then we just look over, and, like, the whole Oklahoma team is just on our side of the field, and then some guys are running down. Like, I'm, I mean – I didn't want to run down and get in between it if something's going down. But, like, yeah, I'm just looking down there, and I see Trev Alberts, like, running in there in between everybody. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's going on? Dude, there was a, there's a video of it, and I watched the video, and, yeah, they're across the 50-yard line. But they were, like, on the 40. This dude comes and, like, pokes his finger in Markel Dismuke's helmet and, like, flicks it up and then, like, dips. It's, it's, it's what started it. And then Markel obviously got pissed, and then everyone kind of rallied around. And, like, you know, mm -hmm. when there's beef in the middle of the field, like, they had their whole team. We had, like, a couple guys. Like, we all swarmed just to meet it. Like, that's, you know, that's but a an official natural could, instinct. They could, they could throw a flag, you know, that would be tagged onto the opening kickoff if they really wanted to on something like that. They you know? didn't want to. It wouldn't have mattered because you would have kicked off from the – 
it would have been a touch. You got a touchback anyway. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, nothing that would have happened, but it just it was kind of surprising to see Trev Alberts yeah. in the middle of the field. I mean, he he's been Trev Alberts has been more present um, around the program as an AD. Have you noticed him at practices and yep. different things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's more involved, and you know, he, he's a he's a good voice to have. I mean, I've had a you know handful of conversations with him. He's always has wisdom. So, I mean, I I love that. I try to absorb as much as possible, but yeah. You know, these officiating, just to, to, mm-hmm. to wrap up the officiating, it's subjective, you know, it's a, it's subjective and they, they try to make it an objective thing, but ultimately it is subjective. So if they want to see something or don't want to see something, then that's their prerogative. And honestly, how I feel about it personally is not only do we have to beat the other team, but we have to beat the officials too. Like we yeah. have to spot ourselves enough points to beat the other team and beat the officials and as of right now we're not even we're you know we're, we're leaving points out on the field mm-hmm. and, and that and, and i believe that's why you know we're not coming out with these w's so moving forward like we just have to be so technically sound and fundamentally sound with more focus and more determination so that we don't beat ourselves even when things aren't going our way even when things may not be fair that we can overcome any adversity during a game mm-hmm. and like going on like those penalties or like false starts i was i was really proud about our team just fighting through it you know when when that happens it your mindset can't be oh shit this again it's got to be all right next play what can we do to get five more yards what can we do to get another 15 yards right here and i think our team really stepped up and adrian made some huge plays when he needed to and that's just awesome the fight and determination from us but at the same time if we have that fight and determination without these penalties, without these false starts, like it's just, it's different, you know? Yep. So just being able to lock in and do your assignment and just like, you're only worried about what you're doing. You can't be worried about the noises in the stadium and stuff like that. So I know, I noticed that too. Like usually those penalties that like put us back behind the sticks, like just kill the drives. Like last game, like we were able to, we were able to overcome some of those, which is mm-hmm. just a testament to the growth of our offense. We have to continue to grow on both sides and all three facets of the ball. So I appreciate your time with us, Cam. Uh, check it out, beefjerky.com. You know what it is. Uh, big game this week, Michigan State. Appreciate you joining us, brother. Appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. All right, much more to come. We'll take some questions for JoJo in the mailbag next. You're listening here to The Beat. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, bringing you home here as Nebraska getting ready now for Michigan State. It's a night game, JoJo Doman, as uh, you'll get two of these in a row. Um, But before we get to that, this segment of the show brought to you by Gary Michaels Clothiers on 56 and Pine Lake Road. I was actually with Gary in uh, Norman. He is a historian and loves Husker football as much as anybody and was at my hotel, had breakfast with him in the morning of the game. Uh, but Gary was jacked up, pumped, 
Um, the suits for the football team are coming in. They're ready to go. They said it was Jalen Jalen Weaver's shirt to find the right size. They they found it, but they getting enough white shirts for every guy on the team. Uh, they were able to find them, and uh, I think Northwestern week, you guys are going to have these suits. So uh, Gary Michaels' clothiers are going to outfit JoJo Doman, the Nebraska football team this year. The Nebraska basketball players train Bryce McGowns. They are all in on supporting Husker athletics and getting these guys dressed up and ready to go. Visit them at their new location in Village Gardens on 56th and Pine Lake Road. But let's talk night games. You haven't had one for a while. I mean, seriously, I guess the Rutgers game last year. Yeah. But that was weird. Yeah, we won't count that. I mean, that I've been around a long time, and that was like the strangest like road game I've ever been to. My first night game was my first career game, my true freshman year back in 2016 versus Fresno State. And I remember it. I literally remember it so vividly. I was on the first uh play of the season on kickoff return and I'm lined up on the front line and I felt like I was in Madden everyone's phones flashlights were out it was dark all around me I had that first sensation of being on the field it was it was wild in Michigan State um, you'll be out there and I think when you go into a game like that I mean first of all you never know if it's gonna be a night game or not but you don't know how good Michigan State's gonna be and I think when the preseason polls came out Michigan State was picked seventh in the east and they have played really well they're 3-0 they've beaten Northwestern and Miami um, all of a sudden this game with Michigan State I mean they're a ranked team in the top 20 going out there this week for a night game yeah I mean every game is an important game for us but then you know when we get to play a ranked opponent and, and see how we face up against what America thinks is a top 25 team that's that's always special so this is a big one for us just like any other game we got to go out and execute uh, execute our game plan do our fundamentals right, you know, prove ourselves. We're playing for respect at this point. And grass two weeks in a row. So two night games in a row coming up and then the week after, and then grass field two weeks in a row. You, you, I mean, you don't play on grass that much anymore. Yeah, I really didn't. Last time I played on grass consistently was, you know, in middle school, peewee football. But it's nice not getting those turf burns. And the, it's, the ground's a lot more forgiving. Oh, you had, I mean, it looked like putting green out there. It was so nice. It played really fast. Yeah, and, and Michigan State, I'm envisioning more of a hardier, fescue, Midwest kind of grass, not more of a southern. I mean, I bet it will be a different kind of grass. Yeah, no doubt. It kind of kind of like Northwestern. It's a little harder and probably a little longer. Chunkier. But yeah. Yep. So it it be a little slower. Big Ten grass is typically a little slower. Did you watch any football when you got back? Did you watch Penn State-Auburn or any of these uh, games that were on? I saw Bo- we watched Boise State-Oklahoma State. Uh, but Penn State, um, I mean, you guys beat that team a year ago, and Sean Clifford looks like a different quarterback from what he was when you guys played that guy last year. Yeah, they look like a different team, look like they're bought in. I mean, I did watch the game. The announcers kind of touched on this exactly, and they're saying how, you know, COVID kind of tore that team apart. And, you know, that, that could be true. That could not be true. But at the end of the day, it's just football. So we've played against those Jimmys and Joes uh, just last year, and, uh, we can hang with – we can literally – we just proved this week we can hang with anybody. It's it's going to come down to, you know, can we win? win can, winners win, you know, and, and losers watch winners win. So we have to turn the tide at some point, and it's, it's going to happen this season. All right, I got a question here. What do you do uh, to, to make sure this team brings the same – energy each week I mean because I feel like we've seen that a year ago it was a problem I mean you, you kind of had a good moment and then you saw a setback against Illinois 
You had a good moment at Purdue and then a setback versus Minnesota. How do you ensure the energy level is at where it needs to be this week? Yeah, I mean, that is the million-dollar question. And I feel like if someone had it down pat, they, they'd be you know, in a position making a lot of money doing it. But from my perspective, it's about, it's about staying humble and hungry. It's about understanding that, you know, yeah, we hung with the number three team in the country. Even if we beat them, like we'd still have to go out and prove ourselves. Like this is a game where you consistently have to prove yourself. You've never arrived. This is a long season, 12 game season. So, you know, we just have to play football and, and that's what it comes down to. Can you have gratitude for every moment? Uh, we were talking earlier about when you're healthy, you take your health for granted. And when you're hurt, you do anything just to be healthy. So can, can we attack this week and practice and in our preparation like we did last week, like we're playing the number three team in the country, even when we're not? And if we can, if we can attack our preparation like we did last week, we're going to be in good shape. What do you say to a kicker like Daniel – or not Daniel Cherney, but um, Connor Culp? I mean, it's been rough. And – it's kind of like one of those things like you, there's almost nothing you can say to a guy like that. So how do the older guys handle a situation like Connor Culp, you know, with being respectful and knowing that you're still going to need this guy at some point this year? Yeah, I'm good buds with Connor Culp and there's nothing that we could tell him that he hasn't already told himself. Um, he, he understands what's on the line um, to his defense, um, like the 38 yard field goal that he missed. Uh, uh, allegedly there was a, there was a tough hold on that one is what I heard on the sideline. And, and that's just part of the game that happens. But that kid, that kid can kick and he, he's mentally, he's got it. So at, he, he's going to come around for us and I, and I have faith in him and, you know, he, he's been banged up and he didn't do spring ball. So he's kind of just, he's getting back into the swing of things. He's got to build his confidence up and kicking's all mental. You know, they're obviously, they're talented and, they're talented or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. So I, I have faith in him, and I'm holding him high. Got one more question here before we go to break. Um, guy said, um, first of all, tell JoJo I was very impressed when you ran the running back down from behind for a loss. He said, very impressive. I mean, how, how, what goes into a play like that when you're running down a guy that probably runs a little faster than you in a 40-yard dash, but you're still able to kind of get an angle and run a guy down from behind? Yeah, on that play, I was on an edge blitz, blitz, so I had to clear the quarterback, and then they were running counter. So I just took a, I think I just took a better angle than him. Um, you know, as the running back, you're reading holes, reading gaps, waiting for the defense to over pursue or under pursue. So that allows you know backside pursuit to get there if you're flying. So as soon as I saw the handoff, you know, I, I beelined it down the line of scrimmage, and was there. And one of these days, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get the ball out, you know, one of those blindside tackles. If I can take an extra step and, and punch that ball out, that's a that's a even more game-changing play than just a TFL. All right, we're gonna continue the mailbag segment next. You're listening here to the beat with JoJo Doman. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Dolman. 
Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, Jojo Doman, proud sponsor of the show, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. But this segment is brought to you by S&W Fence for your best defense in the game. Check out S&W Fence, um, <laughs> serving both Omaha and Lincoln commercially and residentially. Voted best of Omaha for the last five years. That's S&W Fence, a proud segment sponsor here on the beat with JoJo Doman. Um, let's wrap up the show here with another mailbag um, segment. JoJo, lots of questions still here for you. Um, trying to think, you've been – how many Big Ten stadiums have you not been to? Michigan State's going to be a first trip for you, right? Right. I, uh, I was injured in 2018 when we went to the big house and then we went to Penn State. So you missed those two. Did you go to Indiana your freshman year? I did. So like that, I mean, that's a Nebraska's only played at Indiana one time, right? So are you excited to go to East Lansing for a game, just because kind of knock off a, a stadium? Yeah, for sure. Like we kind of already touched on. I love grass, so playing on grass is gonna be dope. <laughs> All right, uh, ne- next question here, JoJo, for you in the mailbag. As a guy that plays defense. Is it can you get on other guys on the offense? Is it harder, um, like say an offensive lineman or someone that's not in your room? Um, do you feel like you've been in this program long enough where you're comfortable enough to go up and you know tell a guy that you're maybe not in the daily meetings with um, to you know that's not acceptable? Right, that's a good question. Um, there's a fine line, and you always you gotta be sensitive to people and understand that you know. If someone's not able to receive what you're giving them, then it's really not doing anything. So if, if a dude can't understand where you're coming from or, or feel like or, or he has like respect for you where he's going to listen to whatever you're saying, then it's kind of, you know, it doesn't really matter. So but where I, well, how I feel about it is like I feel like it is my responsibility to get on those guys to to encourage the leaders to lead harder. Um to lead better, so to speak, like give more, sacrifice more. And then for the other guys, it's just, you know, tap into your why, tap into, you know, why you play this game and how much this means uh, to you and for us. So, you know, as a six year, it's, it's kind of been tough at times, like, man, like I wish like some of these other guys would sacrifice or would care as much about this as I do. And I can sit here and, you know, complain about it or, I can take action and try to pull it out of them and with like positive reinforcement and building them up, but also knowing when to say, hey, there's a standard and you're not meeting that. Listening here to the beat as we take some questions in the mailbag, kind of an off topic one. What was your favorite vacation you took as a kid? Ooh. And what was your favorite vacation you took as a college kid? Because I'm sure you, you have a little bit more fun now when you go on vacation than like when you were <laughs> a young JoJo Doman. All right, I'll start on the college. I never took a spring break. Um, there was like a huge Cabo group that went to Cabo my freshman year. Uh, my two roommates went, and it, I mean, it was. Football players? Football players. A bunch of dudes went. And I remember I was just like, well, I can't go during spring ball. Like, I'll come back in worse shape than I left. So I've kind of always been a more low-key guy. Like, I'd rather go home and spend time with my family and do things that I know I'm going to enjoy. Um so my favorite vacation in college was probably my freshman year for spring break. I went to um, Mexico with my family. And then at that time, my new girlfriend that my dad actually invited on the trip. I couldn't even invite my own girlfriend, but my dad loved her so much that he invited her. And 
we kind of, I think that was kind of the point where things started to take off for us. And then as a kid, my, I mean, going on trips with my dad, like every venue, like it told stories about like the Chargers mini camp, Cardinals mini camp, like any chance I had to like go be around football and be around NFL players with my dad. Like those are the trips that I cherished and look forward to. And so were you about 10 or 12? How old were, I mean, it had to be an age where you get old enough where you're, you're okay to go on. How old were you on some of those trips? Man, I started, yeah, I started young at like third, fourth grade. Like I went to, I went to some Super Bowl media days as a scholastic news reporter in fifth grade. And I come back to my like fifth grade class show and tell. And these people are, you know, show and telling like fifth grade stuff. And I'm bringing in like, this is my Lego set. Yeah. And I'm bringing in like signed balls from, you know, Ben Roethlisberger and like Super Bowl memorabilia. And it's like flexing on these guys. Well, then I mean, your mom, though, with her background with the Olympics and stuff, I mean, did you yeah. ever get exposed to, I mean, she was involved in Dream Team 1, right? Yeah, she was. Well, in 2002, we moved to Salt Lake City for the uh, Winter Olympics. So I lived there for eight months and had did the whole Olympic experience that I so remember. So you went to school in Salt Lake for like a year, or were you kind of a remote student? I was a remote student. And yeah, I can't, I don't, I don't remember that part. I remember going to the Olympics and doing all the fun stuff, though. So you bet, I mean, it's such a big deal. You had to live in in salt move your life there because the olympics only happens once every four years right yeah no my parents uh professions definitely set me up um to dream big because i was always put in these situations where all this you know crazy stuff's going around me where people are you know performing at a high level and all sorts of different avenues so i kind of like just grew up aspiring to be one of those people so, uh, another question here um kind of a multiple part question from this user um, and I'm going to ask, I think we've asked you this before, but maybe Oklahoma jumped this. I don't know. Who, favorite venue you've played in at Nebraska? Man, honestly, probably, probably Oklahoma. And that jumps the big house that jumps Ohio. You can play in the big house uh, that jumps Ohio state for you now. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead right here, right now, put that number one on my list. Um, the big house is like a castle, not the big house. The horseshoe is like a castle. Um, and I loved that place, uh, loved playing in that place. But the Oklahoma was more, was was smaller, was more enclosed. But like we already touched on, like just how it played on the grass and the whole atmosphere, everything. The fans were like in Iowa, where it was like right on top of you on the sideline. Like they were chirping us the entire game. Do you like look up ever and be like, "What's up"? Or do you, uh, do you have to be like, <laughs> you have to pretend like you can't hear it? Because if someone's like saying like, Jojo Doman, your podcast sucks. Right. Like, how do you not look up and laugh? Exactly. No, I can't say that I've never like acknowledged anybody, but I definitely, I stand for not acknowledging them. You know, it just, you're already, your, your whole energy and focus is on the game. So if you even take a moment and you, and you give it to somebody else, like now your energy is going somewhere else. So it was, it was a struggle for, you know, a couple guys like when they're getting chirped like dudes calling out hey you even get in the game da, 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 were they da. the roughnecks i mean that was like their tradition oh you used to have a group of people called the roughnecks and they would heckle the opposing team yeah it sure seemed like what they were doing they used to have uh, guns with blanks and they would fire the guns like on the field during warm-ups yeah with like obviously blanks in them and in 2004 they were heckling nebraska so uh, this is a true story oklahoma 2004 nebraska they were doing warm-ups and they were heckling the defensive O-line drill so bad 
that one of the defensive linemen from Nebraska decided, let's move our drill into the roughnecks were on the grass. Oh, man. And let's slam you into the roughnecks. That's genius. And they did this. And the kid got really hurt to the point where, like, he was in the emergency room. It was like, and it led to an, uh, there were assault charges filed on the Nebraska player for doing this. That's crazy. And they had to go down to Norman. The coaches and the players involved had to go testify in a courtroom in Norman, Oklahoma. Bro, you wouldn't believe what those people would be saying. You know, there's a line between, you know, it's competitiveness <laughs> and it's like the spirit of the game. I get it. Talk trash. Like, I understand that part. But there's a fine line. And more often than not, that line is crossed. And then uh, is Cam Jurgens really the best golfer on the team? No. Like, eh. who, who is the best golfer? <laughs> I think it's Vokalek. I think, I'm, dude, I think Trav can bomb it 400 yards straight with the driver. So, I mean, that right there puts you in a good uh, position. <laughs> But, like, no one's going to be good at their short game because you guys can't practice enough to, like, probably really master the short game. See, I'll take my short game over anybody just because I would rather go play on the chipping and putting green and make up, you know, 18 holes and play uh, quote-unquote mini games and pay $0 than go play nine holes or 18 holes, lose a bunch of balls, spend three to five hours, you know, trying to search for my ball and stuff. When I can just play on the mini game on the on the mini course, so that's kind of my that's my forte. So I I have to put myself at least up there. All right, final question: When recruits are on visits and you're involved, like what are the main vis- uh, questions that you might ask a kid? And have you, I mean, have you been involved as a host? I mean, you kind of get phased out of the hosting. I mean, they typically use the younger guys, probably. I mean, when you're like you or Ben Stilly, you're 24 years old. I mean, you're probably not going to host an 18 year old kid on his right. trip. That's funny. That's a funny question. I've never hosted anybody. Not one. I don't know. They might I don't know if that's because they think I'm a bad guy or a bad influence or what it is. But no, I'd you know, if if I did get to host somebody, I'd I'd probably I'd probably try to just ask them like, "What are you looking for? Um, what does football mean to you?" I mean, a lot of the same questions we ask on this podcast. Like try to get to know his deeper why. Um, try to find his intrinsic motivation and, you know, see if, you know, that kind of aligns with some of the dudes here. Um, just personality wise, like, would he fit in? Would you not? So, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that is. They don't, they don't trust me. <laughs> well, we got to let you, there, there may not be very many official visitors during the year because the recruiting class is so small. So, uh, maybe you'll be involved, but I doubt it. You're 24, you're 24 year old guy. I can't yeah. imagine your interests are hosting recruits right now. You're right. I got bigger things to worry about. Well, Joe, uh, best of luck traveling again this week. I'll see you out in East Lansing. All right, Sean. Thanks for listening to the beat with Jojo Doman powered by Husker online. Join us for another show next week brought to you by Edgewater insurance and real estate.